Hello and you are listening to the Console Ninjas Podcast episode 25 with me, one of your hosts, Jay Stokes, and with me, as always, is my good friend. He's from Scotland, he looks like Shrek and smells a lot worse, Willie Thompson. I resent that. You resemble that? (laughs) (laughs) What? And to join us this time round... We are pleased to announce our second part-time host joining the team. It's none other than Mr. Damien Ashley, otherwise known as Dash Boxer. Hello, mate. Hello, gentlemen. How are you doing this evening? Not bad. Good, mate. Good, mate. Yeah. Um, thanks for coming on. Thanks for joining the team. Um, your little debut show. Obviously, we had Stu last time doing his debut show. We've got you doing your debut show now. Um, increasing the team. But you're doing us the big favour of evening it up, evening up the uh, jock English balance. Yeah, I think it seems only fair that you should have a more southern-based representative, um, although more console sumo than console ninja, I think. Oh, sorry, I've got that covered as well. So yeah, I'm yeah, you it. have. <laughs> <laughs> well, fair dues. Um, yeah, that's intros out of the way then, so we'll crack on with um, what we've been up to. So who wants to go first this time? Will? Don't want to go. No? All right, then. Right, well, this week... Uh, first off, I've been playing a bit of Bioshock... Most people heard Stu talking about it last time. I'm not going to talk about it just yet because I'm only so far into the game and I do this all the time where I start talking about a game halfway through it and I have my opinion and then it changes with the next episode. Sometimes often changes back as well. So <laughs> all I'm going to say is I'm enjoying it from now and I'll talk about it next time. It's been polarising opinions, hasn't it, in terms of combat and, and what have you. I think a lot of people seem to think that it's extremely repetitive i mean i i loved it i finished it a couple of weeks ago and um i really enjoyed it i then started again on 1999 mode but yeah i didn't get very far on that it was, it was just ridiculously difficult for someone as as incompetent at games as me um yeah i thought it was absolutely brilliant i think it's got a great ending i think i've sort of written quite a bit about it on the mlg forums actually so um check that out and have a look but um uh, absolutely fantastic. Where are you up to at the moment without giving it away to Jace, who obviously isn't allowed to play any games? No, I've just finished the factory. That's, that's the part I've just done. And I am heading on to the Con- Comstock house or something like that. Yeah. I'm on my way up there. But that's about as much as I'm going to tell about the story. I, I believe I must be about three quarters of the way through the game because I've collected 60 out of the almost 80 Voxophones. Yeah, yeah. You'll you'll get to the end and find you've missed some. Yeah, I pro- I'm, I'd imagine I have. There's two areas I already know that I've missed. I found the key very early on in the game, and it started off a side quest. Uh, what is it? The, the lock that fits the key? Yeah, yeah. And I didn't do anything with that, and I now re- I, I thought it was going to be a bit like more like Bioshock 1 and 2, where you can travel back to other areas. But I've discovered that I've went on too far, and I can't go and recover that. Whatever. Yeah, they there. lock the doors behind you, can't you? You can't get back again. Yeah, sometimes you can. You find that there's like three or four areas that are linked up, and it's fairly easy to, to go back. What's the name of the little town? You got it, Fink- Finkton. Finkton. Yeah, I was in Finkton, and I went into I can't remember like this kind of club, 
and I found a code, one of those little code textbooks or something that, that you take back to one of the, you know, you get, get the writing on the, wall, on the yeah. wall. Yeah, yeah, you get the writing on the wall, and if you find the codex, you can translate it for you. So I, I found from there I was able to travel back to Finkton to translate the text and stuff. So you get a couple of areas like that, but most of the time, once you once the story progresses, you can't go back. Another departure for the series is a. Uh, They've kind of limited it a lot. Uh, you can't carry health or salt with you now. No, you can't. Indeed not. You just have to hope you find some. But then yeah. it's different because you have Elizabeth there all the time to just throw you the stuff. She knows when you're running out and she'll always be chucking you ammo and um, and salt and health packs whenever you need it. Yeah, no, I'm not entirely certain though, but is that based on things that she's finding in the environment? Nah, like ever, I don't. Ever... I don't. I don't think so. Right. I, I, I'm not too keen on that, but I'm really not keen on the fact that you can only carry two guns at a time. Yeah, Halo. Yeah, it doesn't seem to matter as much as in Halo because, I don't know, you're constantly picking up new guns. I suppose you could constantly pick up new guns in this one as well, but it's just making it quite limited because I tend to stick to the carbine and the machine gun so that I've got a bit of versatility, a bit of range and a bit of like rapid fire in case I have to fight anything a bit more nasty. But it means if I'm coming against anything that's particularly strong, I can't just switch to an RPG and you find an RPG in the environment and stuff, which is fair enough, but I don't know, I'm not getting on with that as much as I was. It's making me stick to the same two weapons all the way through the game. Yeah, I think that's why they've got the achievements there, to um, to make you pick different weapons. I think you get five points for doing a load of kills with each different weapon type. Um, I think the only one I haven't done is the sniper rifle, actually, but um, I think that's why that's there. I miss I miss bits that are sort of I think are missing from the game. Things like the hacking side of things. Um it, it very much is is an arena based shooter followed by, you know, a cutscene and a bit of exploring and then another cutscene and then another arena to do some shooting in and then on to the next bit. It was it's the good time club you've just finished then, was it? No, I'm way past that. The the good time club uh, then you go to the what do you call them? Finkton, and then and then it's on to Emporia after that. That's probably where you're. That's where I'm. I'm there. Yeah. That's where it is. Emporia. That's I'm, I'm in the middle of that place right now. But I, I like the way the game's chucking in different little mechanics as it goes along as well. Like even at this point, we're now getting to the whole parallel world, worlds side of thing. Yeah, yeah. Like you always had the. You've, everyone's seen the trailer. You've always had her being able to pull things in and out. That's what she said. <laughs> We're starting to get to the point where it's exploring that a lot more, and it's adding extra little gameplay mechanics that, and we're sitting at the point where I'm well past halfway through the game, and it's now adding in new, new things. Yeah, I think you're about you're about two thirds of the way through, I think. Yeah, and you found that most of the kind of the powers that you gain every time you gain like a new, what would you call them? The little tonic. It's not a gene tonic. What is it? What they called in this one? Vigors. Vigors. Every time you get a new vigor, quite often that adds. Like something new to be able to access new areas, things like that as well. So I like the way they're throwing in things, and I don't know how people can say it's repetitive. Basically, is what I'm getting at, considering the fact that we've all played things like Call of Duty and even like Halo, where you're just constantly doing the same thing all the way through the game. Yeah, I mean, I, I agree. I mean, I'm I'm done with it. I'm just waiting for the DLC, and I hope it's just a bit more than sort of arena battles and and challenges and what have you. I just hope it's you know story driven. I mean, there's plenty yeah. of stories, by the time you finish the game, there's plenty of stories that are unresolved or you don't know enough about them. Things like the um, 
uh, what's her name, Daisy Fitzroy, who run, who's the lead of Vox Populi. She obviously has a whole story about how she came into being and what have you, being the servant girl to Lady Comstock and what have you. But, you know, how she sort of roused that many sort of people to be, you know, to, to raise an army and so on. It'd be interesting to see how that happened. So, um, I don't know. We'll see what happens. Waiting to find out. Obviously, I haven't faced the controversial ending. I don't know what it is. I don't know. I'm I'm saying how I like the game at the moment. People are saying wait until you see the ending. I don't know how an ending is going to affect my overall enjoyment of the entire game, but I guess I'll have to wait and see. Well, you know, it was like a sort of big interactive 30-minute cutscene at the beginning before you really did anything. Yeah. Yeah, same at the end, really. I like that though. I, yeah, I really yeah. enjoy. Just talking about the end of the game. That's, that's good. He's not telling you what happens. <laughs> not telling you what happens. No, but you, you tell me how the game ends. <laughs> your grandchildren will tell you how it ends. I'm sure, Jason, because you'll never get to play this game. Uh, but as I say, I, I loved the beginning of the game anyway. Before you even get a chance to kill anything and see, see the whole just plug. Well, not plunging. You're what, what's the opposite of being plunged? Because you're not going down what underwater down towards Rapture. You're going up. Ascending. Yes. When you're making your lovely ascension up yeah. to, towards Columbia, I just spent the entire thing with my mouth wide open catching flies. I'm taken in by the wonder of the game and I can only imagine the ending's going to have some of that for me as well. Yes, it will. It definitely, definitely will. Excellent. Obviously, I'd like to talk about it, but um, but can't. So, um, well, I expect you'll get it finished this week anyway, aren't you? Yep. We might sort something out. Because I know Stu wasn't quite finished it when he was talking about it as well. We might be able to sort of a little chat about it or something. Yeah, that would be a good idea, I think. Uh, moving on, I finally finished Dead Space. The third one. Yes, Dead, <laughs> not Dead Space 1. Now, Jace has been saying I've been playing this for a long, long time. And I, I feel as if I have. I, I finished the game ages ago. And then I gave it away. And then I, I got it back and started playing the DLC. Now, the, the ending of the game... I'm not going to tell you what happens at the end of the game. Just, I found it a bit generic again. Have you played Dead Space 1 and 2? Yeah, I have. You know that way they try and kind of shoehorn in some really ridiculous boss that just doesn't fit with the rest of the game? Yeah, yeah, yeah. They, 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 do, they kind of do the same thing again, and it's a bit dull. But overall, I enjoyed Dead Space 3. It wasn't as good as 2. It certainly wasn't as scary as 1 or 2. Probably because you got the lack of the horrible monster babies from the second one. <laughs> that bit on the stage where they all come rushing towards you, that was absolutely oh. horrible. I think it was a mistake to set it on an ice planet that's so bright most of the time. I think it could have done with a lot more darkness like it had in the first two games. Hmm. Because it's the same as it's the same as your uh, Resident Evil 5. As soon as you start having these things in the daylight, they're not scary anymore. I mean, I, I played the... I played the demo of Dead Space 3. I've just not got round to getting it yet. And I thought it was pretty horrible. Not in a bad game way. I think there's one bit where you walk into a room uh, and then you shoot some guy and then this head detaches and starts possessing other bodies and starts bringing them up and they just start firing randomly at you. Um, and I thought it was absolutely... It, it made me feel quite sick. Jace, have you played any of the Dead Space games? No... If if you haven't experienced the first, I'd say, five minutes of Dead Space 2, then you're missing out. I take it, Dash, if you played the demo, you haven't played like, the, the start of the game, it just picked like a, a part from the middle of it. 
in Dead Space Three. No, it's it is from no, the two, beginning. Sorry. Oh, in two. I can't even two. remember the demo of it. I've, right. I've I've done the whole game, but yonks. Oh, right, you have played two. I think. I yeah, yeah. Picked you up wrong there. Do you remember the start of that? The whole being in the straight jacket and just everything kicking oh, off right about you and having nothing right. you can do yes. about it. Yeah, that's right. I and think... then and then you get the, the strobing lights and you're running through the um, you're running through the. I don't know where you are. You're not on the Ishimura, are you? I can't remember where you are at the beginning of the game. Uh, you're, in, you're not in the sprawl? Or are you somewhere else heading towards the sprawl? I can't remember now. But yeah, I mean, there's nothing you can do. Is You're completely um, helpless. Powerless, you just have yeah. to run. Yeah. And uh, for me, that's almost as terrifying as Silent Hill 1's beginning. But as I said, the third game doesn't echo that at all. There's, it's not a scary game. It's got great combat in it. I think the fact that they've chosen to put humans to fight in it was, was a bit cheap. I don't see the point. It just suddenly becomes like any other science fiction corridor shooter when you're shooting against people. It's When you're fighting against the Necromorphs, it, it's interesting. But I played the DLC. Now, I don't know if you've heard, but a lot of people are saying that the DLC is better than the main game. That doesn't surprise me sometimes, yeah. It takes place after the end of the game. So it kind of elaborates on it a little bit more, but Suddenly the game becomes darker, and like, so most of the time you can't see where you're going, like, like the way the old games are, you're, you're relying on your little beam torch that's on the end of your gun, it throws a lot more enemies at you, and it also has it has plenty of jump scares in it, now I like a jump scare, I know a lot of people think this is a cheap thing in horror, but if I'm playing a horror game and I'm not jumping out my skin at some point in it, then it's a waste. Do you know what I mean? It's it's all fine going away, being affected by it, not being able to sleep, but I need to get a fright as well. There needs to be a good mix. It also does manage to do because it does the whole kind of similar to the way the second one did. It plays with your um with your ideas, and there's a, this whole idea going on of are you dead? Uh, like uh, you, you, your character's not even sure whether you're actually dead, and like, this is some sort of hell you're in, or if he's just going absolutely mental, and it it uses that to great effect. So I would I'd recommend it, but I'd I'd recommend you play the third one first, obviously. Yeah, um, it's it's on the list. I'll get to it. Um, talking of jump scares, did you see the trailer for um the new Bethesda game, The Evil Within? I did, and I watched it in the middle of my office with my earphones on, and I think people were laughing at me <laughs> <laughs> because you were screaming. Yes, well, I, I jumped once, so yeah, in the middle I of an did, office so, full of people. Is it the bit so, where that arm comes through the window or something, I think? I, I think so, yeah. Have you seen this, Jess? What's this, a trailer? You know me, be- you know me better than this, Will. Um, it's just horrible. It's like flayed bodies and barbed wire. Basically looks like saw, really, um, and really horrible sounds. Um, it's yeah. worth a look, actually. The disappointing thing is it tells us absolutely nothing about the game except for that it's going to be a horror <laughs> Do you know what I mean? But yeah, the trailer's a bit dis- uh, unsettling. But yeah, recommend Dead Space 3 and especially recommend the DLC for it. Moving on, me and Jace have been playing uh, another one of our board games on iOS, haven't we, mate? Yeah, a bit more digital board gaming um, on the old asynchronous multiplayer. It's yeah. pretty good. Now, um, I recommended this. It was It's a game called Racer Feud and it's free on iOS, which is nice because most of them aren't. It's based on a board game called Formula D. I, I spotted this on Will Wheaton's uh, tabletop TV show, and it's it's a YouTube channel. It's mm. on Felicia Day's YouTube channel, uh, but he has his own little show that comes on. I think it's every fortnight, 
and he gets some well-known people from the geek community to come on and play some board games of them, and they, they, they focus on one each episode. Just to win a way on? <laughs> Being so well-known in the geek community as we are. Um, I've sent him some emails, mate, but he's not got back to me yet. So so anyway, uh, the idea of this game is it's you get a little racetrack, you get a little car each. The, the, the game focuses on changing gears. So like each, you basically you start off, you have to go up to first gear, second gear, and each one has a different dice. So obviously the first gear one, you can only go... Is it a maximum of two steps, two spaces? I think it's two or four. It might be four, actually. Yeah. Gear. And is it basically as it builds up, you get to the point where, like, sixth gear, you can possibly go up to, like, 30 spaces in one go. But the idea is there's corners on the map, and each corner has a number associated to it. Like, you come up to a corner that has a one on it, which means you need to stop at least, least once during this corner or else you crash. So it means you can't just go up to sixth gear and plough through the track. You need It becomes about tactically selecting your gears and things like that. This sounds like Mario Party, but without the mini-games. Does it? <laughs> I don't know, Does it's it? just, ro- just rolling a dice and going around a board. Yeah, the idea becomes about having to tactically select the gear. If you're behind, you're going to want to be in high gears and try and catch up. But if you do that, you can completely overshoot a corner. And if you crash, you're out the game. That's you, you've lost. So it's, it's all about uh, deciding when to shift up and when to shift down. You get little... Um, points, you get like tyre points, so say you start off with four tyre points if you overshoot corner for each space you go over it, you lose a tyre point, you get fuel points, which are for like maybe double shifting down, instead of just going down one gear, you can go down, down twice things like that, it's 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 a lot more complicated than that Okay, I'm just getting I'm just getting the game now to have a look at it <laughs> it's, very, it's very easy to learn and we've been enjoying it, haven't we mate? Yeah, it's been pretty good mate, uh, only playing with two people, there are limitations to any board game. And I think if we could get... I don't know what the maximum number are. I think that it might be six or whatever on this. So I'd like to get a few more people on there. With it being free, you know, people can pick it up and see if they like it. Um, but I'd, I'd like to play some more of it with more people. I did notice that the guys over on the Game Burst Unplugged show last week were talking about Formula D. I don't know if they were aware of this um, digital version, but... I might get hold of uh, those guys and see if they want to play as well. I was going to buy it, but uh, Formula D, but it's out of print at the moment, and it's not as bad as Cards Against Humanity was. But you're talking about forty-five quid to get the box game. Yeah, it's a bit harsh. Yeah, right? I think now that well, because every time Will Wheaton does one of these games, suddenly they skyrocket in popularity. So maybe now that that's happened, you might find that that's why it's sold out everywhere. And maybe you might be able to get one later on in life. I don't know, but I'm going to look out for it. On top of that, I went to the cinema this week. Really? That makes a change. <laughs> you got your own seat there, haven't you? I need to make need to get a special sized one. I went to see Oblivion. Tom Cruise film, yeah. I was I was very disappointed because I thought it was going to be a bit Skyrimish. If I'm honest with you. Uh, has anyone seen this? I've um, seen that it's about, and I've seen there's there's a number of like science fiction films coming out this year which are quite interesting to me. But uh, I I do need to catch up on some trailers. To sum up the movie, it's basically um, Tom Cruise and Morgan Freeman with the army, an army of the wildlings from Game of Thrones fighting against Glados and an army of turrets. Okay, you got me intrigued. <laughs> yeah, it's set in the future. 
You've got Tom Cruise and whoever plays his missus. Uh, they live in a little floating platform above the clouds. And apparently they're the last two people on Earth because in 2017 it was destroyed. Now, it doesn't give you the full backstory in this. The backstory to this is part of the plot, so I won't be spoiling it. I'll be telling you what, you, what you'll know going into the movie. I was going to say, he doesn't find sort of little tape recordings everywhere that reveals to him as he goes through... <laughs> Okay. No, no, no. As he goes through the film, explains what <laughs> happened before he got here. No, no. Uh, but basically, what they tell you is, is that scavengers came to Earth and destroyed a moon, which caused a whole series of natural disasters, killing off most of the population, and everyone else all buggered off to, I think, Jupiter or Venus or whatever the hell they buggered off to. The idea is there are big pumps that are taking all the water from our world to bring it back to wherever the hell we're staying, and Tom Cruise and his missus are the only ones left alive, left on the world to look after these things, and he runs about and fixes everything that goes wrong. So he's like Wally. <laughs> Tom Cruise is Wally. Yeah. <laughs> pretty, pretty much, yeah. Except he's a bit shorter than Wally was. Yeah, you get a lot of um, him wandering about the world and even collecting little trinkets and stuff like that, things that are left behind. So, yeah, you can actually compare it to Wally a little bit. And the the. There seems to be hundreds of these turrets, like these mobile flying drone things that go about and fight the scavengers whenever they're spotted. And he goes out and has to fix them because every so often one breaks. I can't really tell you much more than that because I don't want to spoil it. (laughs) It's decent. A lot of people are giving it bad reviews, I've noticed, and I don't think it deserves them. I think it's a fairly competent film. I just think it's a bit long, but so was Avatar. Mm. Tell us about the graphics. Is it a really good-looking special oh, effects movie? Oh, it's stunning, mate. Yeah? It's absolutely stunning. Yeah. Um, I think it's well-acted from the the characters that are in it, because there's, it's not just Tom Cruise and his missus. Obviously, you get the whole scavengers come into it, and you get to see some of the things from their point of view, and that's when the backstory starts to unfold, so obviously I can't tell you much more about that. But, yeah, it's a, it's a great little film, and I recommend it to anyone who likes science fiction. I shall look out for it. That sounds cool. But that's all I've been up to. So, who wants to go next? I think we should let Dash go next, shouldn't we? You're very kind. Um, I've been rather busy this week. I think the only thing I've really been playing, um, uh, I've been playing the Knife of Dunwall DLC that's just come out for Dishonored. Now, I loved this game last year. Played it through twice to get both endings. And um, I think, you know, in many ways, I think it's possibly a better game than Bioshock. Have either of you two played it? I've played the original game, I haven't played the DLC. It's um it's more of the same. I think there's three missions. It seems a lot harder. Um this time obviously you're not Corvo. You're Dowd, um the Michael Madsen voiced leader of the assassins who kills the Empress in the opening minutes of the uh, of first in the original game. And um it's really good. Um if you remember all the business with the whales I've only done the right. first mission so far. You got this whole, all the things about the slaughterhouses and the whales. Well, this time you actually get to go into one and you see these whales hanging up and right. all their entrails dripping out and everything as they're sort of milking them for the, uh, for the whale oil that powers the town. But, um, yeah, more of the same. Really, really good. Really gruesome. Loads of different ways to do things. There's some few new abilities and so on. Um, there's some sort of, uh, mines that you can use. Lots of new enemies. It's, it's fantastic, what can I say? If you loved it before, you're going to love this one. I see, I did like the actual game, but I think it came at a time where I had about three other games waiting to be played, so I don't think I gave it enough thought and, and time. I think I played it over the course of one weekend and then got rid of it. 
this is the one I managed to trade in for more money than I actually bought it for. Goodness me. I see why you'd do that. Dishonored's quite a short game. I think there's only about nine or ten missions. Um, there are so many ways to play it. Um, and there are so many different ways to approach each of the different objectives. Um, as I say, this is much the same. You get, you get quite a big purse of money right at the beginning. So you can buy lots of powers straight away. And you can buy lots of weapon upgrades rather straight away. That's a good idea because I really hate, like, because I know they did it with, um, DSX, Human Revolution, yeah. where you brought the DLC. Now you've just spent the whole game building up your guy to an ultimate badass. And then they bring out this DLC that's, you suddenly play it and it takes all your powers away takes from, it all and, away, you're, and you're building it, yeah. them back up again. I always think that's a really rubbish thing because I've already spent the game slowly developing. I want to just use, I want to use my, my cool powers. So that, that, that's a good idea. Yeah, I've not, I've not played, um, you're talking about Missing Link on Deus Ex, aren't you? I've yeah. not, I've not played that. I just remember I got to the bit in the game where he gets into a box and then it says, and then two weeks later and he's like getting out of a box. So you don't see what happens in that bit. You just buy it later. Plus, does it not give you the opportunity then to power up abilities that you didn't power up in the main game and try something new? You're a completely different character and there are new, um, I nearly said Vigors then. There are new <laughs> powers um, that you can have. Um, like you can call in your assassin mates to take out dudes for you from, from distance and so on, which is pretty awesome. Those are the guys in the sort of, the Jedi guys with the gas masks on. Oh. Sounds a bit like Assassin's Creed. Yeah, well, it's, it's sort of first person's Assassin's Creed, but with a bit more sort of mysticalness to it, I think. Yes, a bit more steampunk. Yeah, there's the big steampunk element. I think they call it clockpunk, don't they? It's all clockwork and stuff. So we've actually got different versions of steampunk now? Yeah, yeah. Well, you know what these goths and emos and what have you like. It's all about creating your own uniqueness, because otherwise they're all just the bloody same. But, so, this DLC is worth, definitely worth playing then? Definitely worth playing, yeah. I mean, as I say, I've only done the first mission, and I did it really badly. So, um... I was I was getting overwhelmed very quickly. Um, when you obviously haven't played a game for a long time, I think Jace made this point last week, and you go back to it, and you're like, I can't remember how to do any of this. So it's trying to drop down from the rooftops and land on people so you can take them out and stuff like that. But I got the hang of it in the end, and I just said, uh, did the first mission. I, uh, I'd be playing it now, but we're doing this. Yeah, I know that feeling. <laughs> <laughs> Somebody wants to get back to Colombia. Have you got anything else in particular you want to talk about? Um, I've been back to PlayStation Home, which I couldn't quite believe. It's just horrible. I don't understand it at all. Everything that you look at in there, it wants money for. Everything that you go and stand in front of requires you to having to download it. Now, downloading over Wi-Fi on the PS3, it just seems to be the slowest thing in the world. Mm. There's some, I can't remember what it's called, City Tycoon. It's a sort of Sim City type thing, which I've been playing with my daughter. She's all over it. Is this from the same people who made, like, Roller Coaster Tycoon? I don't know. It's that sort of thing. It feels like it, doesn't it? It sounds, sounds like it. Yeah, yeah. Um, and they've got also, they've put some new stuff into home lately. Um, there's a Doctor Who section and there's a Harry Potter section. Uh, and they want about 12 quid for you to sort of go into the TARDIS and have a look around there and I decided that, that was just a waste of money uh, and for sort of costumes to dress yourself up as a doctor and stuff and um, I just thought nah. Don't you just need to dress up like an absolute twat anyway and then then that's you, you've dressed up like the doctor. How dare you. 
buy yourself four scarves and stitch them end to end, so you can play, pretend you're Tom Baker. Oh, I was going to say, you've not seen Doctor Who in about 30 years, then. Would that be about right? <laughs> Wait, it's still one of the best Doctors. Shut up. You're not, you're not wrong there. So, um, I downloaded the Doctor Who game, The Eternity Clock. I set it downloading, and it took ages to download. I think it was about one and a half gig or something. Then once it had finished downloading, which took, I don't know, a couple of hours or something ridiculous like that, it then took about 15 minutes to install. And then as soon as it started the game up, it said you need to do an update. And it was another gig. So I've still not got to play it yet. I just cannot believe the way they handle the downloads and updates on the PS3. Every time you turn it on, you seem to need to update it. But PS Plus? But PS Plus, I guess so. Just never felt the need for it. It's logic because I don't get to go on it. It's just used for Netflix in the living room, really, to be honest. Yeah, that sounds all too familiar. It's just, there seems to be so many oversights. All right, it's probably going over uh, old ground now because um, obviously they've already announced the new one and um, and they seem to have fixed a lot of those issues. So, um, well, well, let's have a look at one of those in a few months' time, eh? Yeah, definitely, yeah. Yeah, hopefully all over Eurogamer. Oh, yes, please. Right, is that you done, mate? Is it for your section? It is. I'll be more prepared next time, yeah. We've all had these busy times, mate, when we, when we don't get chance to talk about much. Um, God knows I don't get a chance to talk about anything every time, so never mind. Right, I'll take my turn. Um, I've actually got things to talk about this time. I've actually played some different things. Dare I say, I've actually played a couple of things that are almost current. In fact, one of the things I've played (laughs) has got 2013 in the title. That's actually this year. Is it FIFA? It's not FIFA. (laughs) (laughs) Right, so as we know... um, and for uh, D5 Turner who's listening, yes, I'm going to talk about my new laptop, because I know it annoys him that I talk about it every four seconds. But yeah, I've got my new laptop, so I'm actually playing PC things now. So as well as going back and playing things like Civilization V again, with the graphics all turned up, and playing things, um, all sorts of things that I used to have before, and I used to play them on low settings, now being able to go back to those games and turn them up. I sent you a couple of pictures, Will, on a text the other day. Yeah, Civilization Playing with the graphics as they're meant to look on a PC is... Um, I'm liking it quite a lot at the moment. Do one. Yeah, definitely. So, um, what have I been playing then? Because I'm still on this Eurosame Challenge, I think it'd be silly to go and buy lots of things on the PC. So, I've decided to go down the route of seeing what I can play for free. It's Minesweeper 2013, isn't it? You've let the cat out of the bag now. Yeah, sorry. <laughs> <laughs> because there's lots of things you can play for free on the PC, obviously through Steam and stuff like that, you've got all your all your MMOs have all got um, free-to-play elements and stuff in them and like basically just extended demos, aren't they really? Yeah. So uh, I decided to look down the list and there's all your things but I'm not really that bothered about things like Warcraft and stuff, I've tried them out before and didn't really like that kind of thing so I was looking for something a bit different and um, I came across Planetside 2 Ooh. Which mm-hmm. is uh, an MMO FPS, which is a bit different from MMO RPGs and um, strategy things and that. So it's a space shooter because I like space shooters, you know, like Halos and I like all those kind of things. So I, I was instantly um, turned on to the idea of this. Now, when they say it's a massively multiplayer thing, you, you have to wonder how big these things actually are. But apparently, this Planet Side Two is based over an entire planet, and um, each section of the planet is its own separate server you can go on to. And within each server, there's these massive big areas where there's lots and loads, lots and lots of battles going on with thousands and thousands of people playing. So I was kind of a bit overwhelmed, to be honest with you, mate. 
I loaded it up, I, I downloaded it and all that, turned it all up, um, turned all the graphics settings up and um, set, set myself off. And I walked out of this little base where I spawned and literally there was just vast areas all around me. <laughs> you imagine what it's like in Borderlands 1 when it's all quite sparse and there's not a great deal of stuff in the gaps. Sure. Imagine that on like a planetary scale. Yeah. That's what I'm talking about. So I was I was kind of lost. I didn't watch all the uh, tutorial videos because I just wanted to get in and have a play, you know. That doesn't sound like you, mate. It, it doesn't sound like me, does it, mate? <laughs> what, read the instructions? So I was a bit lost. The, I wasn't really sure what I was doing with weapons, with the vehicles. Uh, it's also very reminiscent to me of something like Battlefield where you've got to work in at least a bit of a team sort of mentality. You can't really go lone wolfing it against thousands of people all taking tanks around. I've played it a little bit. I don't think I've actually managed to kill anybody yet. I've shot a few people, but they haven't died, and then they've shot me. So it's just a big festival of dying at the moment. No need to spend any money on it yet? No, there's no money changed hands at all, mate. I've I've gone on the free-to-play thing. I don't know what the level cap is. I think I've only levelled up a little bit because I haven't killed anybody yet. But there's a lot left in it, I think, for me. There's a load of different vehicles. There's three different factions you can play in the game as well. So there's, mm. there's you can have a, a character for each faction. The races are split down. You've got one that's like faster, one that's more powerful, and one that's a mix of the two, I think, in in its basis term. And there's just so much to do in there, mate. I'm, I'm really, really just out of my depth. It's one of those things I think you've got to have somebody who's familiar with it take you through to learn the game. And um, I don't know anybody else who's got this, so um, I might struggle... <laughs> You might feel from but, some from someone now that you've mentioned it. Well, maybe, mate. And if if somebody hasn't um, played it and they and they fancy a bit of it, give me a shout and we'll get online. Um, yeah, I'm going to give this a go. I think. Yeah, you're, I need you're to, I need to so. play some PC games. I just never do. It's the Xbox and that's it. Yeah, I need to get a bit more multi-platform. So yeah, pretty much I'm struggling uh, with the vast size of it and stuff, but still enjoying it at the same time. And really, if nothing else, I can just stop. Get my sniper rifle out and just zoom in and look at how pretty things look all around the world. That's enough for you, is it? <laughs> that's enough, mate. And that's what I've got this gaming laptop for, so I can see it the way it's meant to be played. You know, there's a few more things I want to try. There's my next little foray is going to be into Star Wars: The Old Republic. Oh, which I know is going to take some time, which I don't have, so it might be not for me. But I'd like to give it a go just to see what it's like. Um, I've heard, obviously heard Tara off the uh, most popular girls talking about it a lot of times, and other people just mentioning it here and there. I know uh, you used to have an account there as well, didn't you? I tried to, but my laptop wouldn't load it. Yeah. So I'm going to give that a go, and if nothing else, I can get killed with a lightsaber, can't I? So that that'd be pretty sexy. Yeah. Look, let me know when you're going to do the Old Republic because I loved the original KOTOR. I think it was one of the greatest games I've ever played on the original Xbox. And um, yeah, I'd love, to, I'd love to give that a go, actually. I'll send you a text when I'm getting some time to play it, which um, between us, we're never going to get time, really, are we? Yes. But, uh, we'll, 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 we'll have the intention. If <laughs> we'll find a night somewhere. Right. So um, the other thing I've been playing is some demos as well. So obviously you've got the, the free-to-play stuff and then you've got like proper demos. And the first one I downloaded was... Euro Truck Simulator 2013. The reason I downloaded this was I've heard people talk about it. We had a conversation off air before that there's simulators for pretty much everything these days. And the reason I chose the truck one is because I've 
had a HGV license for a long time. I got it when I was in the army and stuff. So I've driven these big trucks. I know what it's like doing it in real life. And I thought if I try the simulator thing, I can have a direct comparison um, and to see how the game feels in, in terms of a comparison to real life. So I did that, and um, yeah, pretty much it's driving a truck, mate. <laughs> um, all, all the things that you do when you're driving a truck, i.e. your road position, you'd be in the right gear, um, not driving off the side of the motorway, they're all the same sort of things. Eating a pasty and wanking at the same time. That's the only bit I haven't got. I haven't found the virtual pasties yet, mate. But, but there's plenty of room for wanking while you're driving, then. <laughs> it's on my laptop, mate. I may, I may as well. I can have a webcam site on one side and the game on the other side of the screen, mate, because I've got a nice widescreen laptop. That'd be quite good. I meant in the truck. Oh, yeah, I've, I've done that. On a number of occasions. <laughs> That's conversations gone places. All of this might not appear in the show. Okay, so where, where are you driving from and to, um, and what are you carrying? Okay, so I chose my home city to be Birmingham, just because I wanted to see if it was the actual roads or if it was an approximation. And I was quite put off because it wasn't the actual roads. Whereas you can see the cityscape in the background, so you can see all the buildings you know from the city. Um, it was the same for... Birmingham, Cologne, London, you can see all the cities that you know the skyline of. But from the angle I had in Birmingham, I knew that I would be in a certain place and the roads didn't match, so I was quite good. If it was like the actual road system, it could be um, a lot better, but it'd take an awful lot of time to make it. Um, so yeah, I drove a little truck with some girders on the back or something. Um, I don't know what it was. Driving around the streets, going on the motorway, delivering it off, reversing into some yard. Yeah, pretty much. It was driving a truck, mate, and there's not a great deal to say about it. Why? <laughs> Sounds like absolute shit. Why would you want to simulate driving a truck? Does it have CB radio? Um, quite possibly, mate. I'm sure you can put Skype on and uh, pretend you're on a CB. <laughs> you should have 10-4 for a copy breaker breaker. That's Well, I can, I can pretend I'm blooming uh, rubber duck on the on Skype, if you like. That's it, yeah. Anyway. So that's it, mate. I'm going to try some more free-to-play stuff and, yeah, crack on with the PC stuff and maybe uh, get some games with yourself there, Dash. Yeah, I'll um, I'll definitely pick up Planetside. And, uh, I'd love to have a crack at, um, at Knights of the Old Republic sometime, actually. The only other thing as well, talking about PC, now I've got this super-duper machine here, I thought I'd try and put it to a bit more use. So in all my extra free time where I'm not playing my free-to-play games, I'm going to try and make a game, Will. Really? Yeah, an actual game. How are you going to go with this? I was talking... In the last show to Stephen Morris, as you heard, and he's put me onto a couple of things that might be quite easy and quite quick to make some sort of game, you know. Um, so I'm going to investigate that a bit more, and maybe we can have a little ongoing thing where I get some ideas from yourself and from the other members of the team and from the community and try and have a little bit of a collaborative effort on uh, making some kind of game. So you're doing this on iOS, or you're going to do this on Raspberry Pi or something like that? I'm going to use a program to start with called Game Maker, which is supposed to be really quick and not very code heavy. So you can just throw a game together. And that's, I think you can only make games with the free version on Windows or um, on Mac OS as well. But if it starts to go somewhere, then you can add on the ability to put it out to Android or iOS. Um, so it might go somewhere. It probably won't, but we'll give it a go. Yeah. Best of luck with that. Let's see how you get on with that. That sounds like a lot of fun. It sounds like a lot of work as well. Even if it's just a thing we collaborate on and it's just a ninja jumping around the screen, it's trying to see the process of making a game, you know, and have something to talk about with that. Yeah, definitely. If I can't buy games, I'll try and make them, I bet that. But that's me done. That's, that's pretty much all I've got to talk about. And um, we can move on following the brand new jingle to Want and Do Not Want. I want... 
$1,000 was... Right, well, I'll I'll start us off then, shall I? My, go on then, what, what have you I'm got? gonna I'm gonna start off negative, so I'm gonna say my do not want for this week is the stuff about Robert Downey Jr. saying that he does not want to play Iron Man anymore. <laughs> so this is your do not want about Downey's do not yeah. want. Yeah, I've got all Inception <laughs> on your ass. Yeah, does not want to do it for less than forty million dollars. I mean, there's there's so many levels to this. First of all, I do not want anyone else to play Iron Man but Robert Downey Jr. No, not, not, now, not now he's done it. Yeah, he's clearly the best of the Avengers and anyone else playing the part, I don't think would be able to pull it off in the same way he's managed to. I think he's owned the part. No, he's, he's, he's made Stark his own blooming character, really, hasn't he? Yeah, he is Tony Stark, isn't yeah. he? So, that's a do not want in itself. Now, I was reading it off IGN and what he was saying was he comes from a very creative background and a very creative family and he was talking about how he doesn't want to do just churn out sequels to the same thing over and over again which sounds fair enough then, fair enough he's got a bit of integrity, he doesn't want to keep doing the same thing but then later on in the interview he goes on to say he's not going to do Iron Man again but if they offer him enough money he'll be in Avengers 2 <laughs> make up your mind mate then are you, are you leaving because you want to be a bit more creative or are you leaving because you want more money and that to me that sounds more like the idea, I think he wants more money do you think that they'll just kill him off in Avengers 2 then? I can't see that they'd make it without him. And obviously you've got the third movie coming out soon. I think that's the end of his contract, isn't it? And, you know, he's not a young man anymore. No, I don't know. I think we need a, we need Tony Stark in the Avengers movies. We don't, maybe we don't need Iron Man. I mean, you've got in the wings... God, what's his, what's his mate called? The Iron Patriot. Uh, War. War Machine. War yeah, Machine. yeah, we've got, yeah. We've got War Machine kicking about. You've got Space probably for him to be to fill in the Iron Man combat role. I don't know. Maybe they could convince Robert Downey Jr. just to play Tony Stark and not do the whole Iron Man thing. I don't know. Or perhaps they could kill him off. Who knows? I, I, I don't see an Avengers without him. This is now phase two of the yeah. Marvel, the, the cinematic Marvel Universe. And if we're already getting the biggest hitter leaving just after phase two, it doesn't bode well for the rest of the future, does it? I think we need to wait and see Iron Man 3 yet. I mean, you don't know. He might even be killed off at the end of that. Yeah, perhaps. And then and then we're all going to love that raccoon. This is what I'm saying. And can I really scrape in the bottom of the barrel here to find some more of more characters to fit into this Marvel Universe? They're, they've sort of saturated their market with their superhero movies. Mm-hmm. You, you're getting one or two of those movies a year, every year. And now, within two years, we're going to get Star Wars films oh, every year. And they're all from the same company, aren't they? It's all from Disney. Yeah. You know, they might just rest it for a bit. You might have then have Star Wars for the next ten years, and then they might bring back that or whatever else they've bought. Next. See, but this is what I... Marvel crossover films. Mm. But see, this is what I don't want. I, I do want the crossover films. That sounds awesome. But what I don't want is I don't want them to finish Avengers three and go right. We've had our Avengers trilogy. We're done. And then ten years later, they decide to remake these or try to do something similar or even on a lower scale or a bigger scale. I don't know. I don't want that. I want. I like this universe. It's established. They've done well with it. It feels like comics. You've got all the different books. You tune in for your your favourite character's comic, but then you've got the big collected one every so often, the big storyline that connects all the characters. It feels like that yeah, now. Absolutely. And it's already established. To, to start something from the beginning again, I don't know. I don't want that. And I don't think anyone else does. 
Yeah, I'm, I'm agree with you, mate. It's, um, if all these things come off that you've talked about, it's just uh, it's not good for the fans of, of the of the universe and the Marvel stuff. It doesn't help that so many of the the, the other big hitters all belong to different companies, and we'll, we won't be able to see them. Like you're never going to have Spider Man or the X Men and Fantastic Four because that's big characters that they could have drawn on, but. Obviously, it's it's leaving them not much. I mean, what we're going to see next? We're going to see a Spider Girl movie, or like some really ridiculous. I mean, you've already got Gardens of the Galaxy. Most people have not, haven't even heard of that. No, I have to admit, I'd never heard of it before. I saw the we're doing Guardians of the Galaxy, and then I had a look at it. I thought, I've never seen this. And what is that little raccoon with a gun doing? Yeah, if they're already scraping the barrel for Phase Two, what is Phase Three going to be like? But anyway, I've spoken off I've, I've taken up a lot of time with this and just do not want Downey Jr. to leave I want them to offer him more money I'm sure they will I've decided I'm not going to do the next episode unless I get 40 million really um, I come from a creative background and other such bullshit I'll do it for the tenor <laughs> you'd look good in that suit you would you think just squeezed into it like they're in not quite, not quite meeting at the back <laughs> it'd be like a panini press I'm more like the big giant hulking iron man suit at the end of the I am the new Iron Man trailer. <laughs> but we'll get to that later. Jace, what about you? I'll go for a do not want. I went to car boot sale today. And this, this is just a very personal do not want. It's, it's not newsworthy or anything. Just my thoughts, really. <laughs> um, I went to a car boot sale today. And I thought I'd have a wander up and down and see what if there's any gaming stuff. I usually find a few old games and stuff. And a, or a couple of old games, consoles or controllers. Just, you know, random bits. But my do not want, really, is just... There's so many people now because of uh, eBay and being able to look on the net and stuff. There's so many people who are at, at a car boot sale asking for the price you'd pay in a shop for a Mega Drive or for a controller or you know a PS2 game and stuff like that. And they go, well, it, it's this much on eBay. But yeah, dude, you're at a car boot sale. You're supposed to sell stuff for two quid. You're not supposed to ask for 15 quid for blooming a copy of Segarella, you know what I mean? Um, people, yeah, people just wanting too much out of it. If you if you want that much money for it, put it on eBay or take it to a shop, sell it properly. If you go into a car boot sale, expect to be offered, I mean, three quid for your copy of uh, Sonic. <laughs> so, what sort of things did you see there today? I didn't see much there today. To be honest with you, I got there a bit late. Um, you know what it's like. People go around there looking for all the bargains and, that and get out there nice and early. But today I, I went across one stall and uh, he had some really nice Saturn games. I haven't got a Saturn, so I didn't buy any. But <laughs> makes sense. Some Dreamcast stuff. I was very tempted to get um, a copy of Sega Rally on the Dreamcast today. That was in there. But I, I didn't walk away with anything in the end, mate. I, I saw a few little things. There was a few game cubes knocking around, as there always are. But nothing really too inspiring, you know, to get my hand in my pocket. I was tempted to buy a GameCube today for 22 quid. Any games? No, with none, but uh, I, I was want. also going to buy Rogue Squadron for 8 quid. I've got a copy of that downstairs, you got mine. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I've got a GameCube here somewhere. I think Mario Sunshine was the last thing I think I was playing on that. I, can't, I think we got the Mario Dance Map for it as well somewhere. My, my GameCube was donated to my granddad that I've mentioned a few times. But anyway... Um, Anything else on car boot sales, Jess? No. Just stop trying to rob me. <laughs> Fair enough, mate. What about you, Dash? Do you know what I'm sick of? I do not want any more rumours about the Xbox. Just give me some goddamn news. Give me some news from Microsoft. <laughs> Tell me what's happening. I don't want to hear any more of this nonsense about it's always on, it's not always on. You know, we've had these rumours this week that 
They're going to be launching a TV TV service with it, and they're going to bring back heroes. Just tell me what's actually happening. It it just seems like a slow news day on every on every website, and all they want to do is just make something up for a few page clicks or something. Quite frankly, yeah, all this stuff about um, there being like multiple boxes that go together to make the full system, and like ones like a set top box just for entertainment stuff and the other bits of game box and you can connect them together and maybe connect it to your old Xbox and there's all these mad little rumours like you say going on and that's right yeah it, it can't come quick enough what is it Voltron that's that's um, two shit jokes in one episode then I think what Jace was saying about these two boxes that are supposed to be connected yeah there's like this for backwards compatibility, you'll be able to take this set-top box and it'll be able to connect up to your old Xbox and use the disk drive in it to play the games. Otherwise, it won't be able to use things. It all sounds like that HDD, DVD drive that they had uh, way back when. As I say, rumours, rumours, rumours. Um, let's just have some facts. and I think they must be coming pretty soon. They keep saying it was supposed to be this week or next week and... Um, and now there's supposed to be this meeting in May. Let's just wait and see what happens. I think it's it's pointless speculating. Let's be honest, Microsoft one of the biggest companies in the world, and they're not going to screw this up. Oh, yeah, so what I want, then, uh, is some Xbox news. Um, Microsoft, <laughs> tell us what you're doing. Let's see what the future brings. You know, I don't care what it's called. Um, I don't care what it costs. I just want to know that it works, and then I can make a decision from that. Which console I'm going to buy? I'll probably end up getting both of them at some point. Right, so that's us already in the wants then, I suppose. Uh, I have a want, actually. I have a want. It would appear, from what I've read a couple of times in the last few days, that Google are bringing a sort of equivalent to Game Center, a proper unified one, to the Android ecosystem, which might be of interest to people who use Android. Obviously, um, we don't, but a lot of people do, and a lot of people that we know do. Um, I just think this is a really good move by Google, probably a bit behind the curve, to be honest with you, which which is a bit silly because uh, the Android thing has, has tried to push the boundaries in so many ways, but not to have a, a fully unified service um, has been... I know it's been talked about a few times and stuff and it has never actually come to fruition, but apparently there was some software released for Google Glass the other day that actually had this um, Android Game Center version thing um, hidden away in the code somewhere and people found it because obviously people have to dig around in the code don't they because that's how people find things out and um, yeah it was in there any thoughts on this lad? Um I don't have any Google devices but I'd imagine it's great for people getting it and I'd imagine they'll probably you'll, you'll find it'll probably be integrated with their Google Plus and all that yeah you'd like to think so wouldn't you and I think it's going to be all the usual things your achievements and lots of pushing on multiplayer and uh, both the asynchronous and the uh, synchronous multiplayer and stuff like that so there's there's loads of possibilities for people it seems an obvious thing to to have missing really doesn't it that, that you know that something like that should exist i think it's interesting when you look at the the recent launch of the um the galaxy s4 which has tried to remove any mention of android and google from it at all um it, it's pushing all the the samsung apps and what have you um and uh, as i say i mean android did i don't even get got a mention at the um at the launch recently, so um, yeah, it'd be interesting to see, you know, how you, how you create that sort of environment and 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 tie it in together. I mean, you've always had the problems of um, you'll have lots of games that you can't play on older devices and and what have you. There's no sort of standard like you get with iOS. Yeah, the old Android fragmentation thing. Mm. It's, um, it, it could be a downfall, and it it could be 
that the fragmentation stops it working or, or there's just like a, a set level of device where it works like maybe it only works on the latest version of Android or whatever I don't know but um, it's interesting to me mate I'd like to see how they bring it around and I was to say I think the way to stop the fragmentation would be to only put it in the in the latest version of of Android yeah but then you'll always find somebody who wants to crack it to use the older versions and stuff you know what they're like these Android like because they can um, diversify with it they do to the nth degree don't they mm. but the, the other good thing that this might do is they might have some extra ideas in this Google one that can be implemented in a similar way on the uh, Apple things so they might find um, new ways to improve the game centre on the Apple which might be a bit of a knock-on of benefit to us. Yeah, I was wondering there. I was starting to think, were you about uh, letting us know that you were about to make the jump? It just interests me, mate, because it's more tech, isn't it? With Ouya coming and lots of different, lots of different phones, and that it's, it's just tech that interests me, and it might be something to look at. Excellent. Yeah, cool. What well, about you then, Will? You got to finish us up with your one. Yes. Now I want to talk about trails. There's been a bevy of trails <laughs> have come out over the past couple of weeks since we last recorded and some of them have made me quite excited. So I'm going to start with, uh, they brought out the trailer for the new Hunger Games movie, Catching Fire. Does anyone, apart from me in this podcast, have any kind of interest in the Hunger Games? I enjoyed it, mate. I enjoyed the first one. It's looking like it's going to be a bit more, a bit bigger scale this time and it, it delves into the whole rebellion side of things and it just looks bigger and better. The only thing that puts me off is I'd see that Philip Seymour Hoffman's in it and I can't stand him. Yeah, I, I think he's a great actor. Why'd you hate I don't him? No, he just has, there's something about him. He has one of those faces I just I wouldn't get fed up slapping. He's got nothing but good things to say about you though. Yeah, he loves you. <laughs> I've just I've, He left a five star review on iTunes yeah. last week. I've I've just I've never enjoyed him and I'm sure lots of people probably do enjoy him and that's fair enough. The next one I managed to catch was the new Man of Steel trailer. Yeah, I've not seen it yet. What do you see in it? You see a lot of things. You manage. You get to see a bit of what looks to be the destruction of Krypton. You get to see a bit more of Zod this time round. And there's a there's a little there's a cool little scene at the end where he's having an interview with Lois Lane, and she's asking him what does the S stand for, and it kind of te- he he says oh it's and his thing he says it's not an S in my planet it stands for hope. Which is not true, by the way. It stands for L, which is his surname. And she says, "No, that's not going to fly." I think I think we should make it stand for. And just as she's about to say Superman, it cuts off. And I think it's just like a little teaser. And I, I think that that got me going. I don't know why, but yeah, good trailer. Check that out. Also, on another note, for the Man of Steel, a couple of days before that new trailer came out, they brought out another teaser trailer for the Man of Steel. Did you see this? I'm going to watch it afterwards, um, after we finish with this. Go and tell me about this. Well, there's one. a new, I think it's trailer three is the one I'm talking about, the, the, the nice long two minute trailer with, that shows you a bit of the plot and stuff like that. But a couple of days before that, they released, uh, a trailer called, it's called the You Are Not Alone teaser. And it's a 30 second clip of Zod giving like a, a ransom tape to the planet. Like if they don't hand over Superman, he's going to, Destroy the planet. It's quite a cool little video. You should watch that as well. I'll check it out. Can't beat a bit of Zod, mate. No, uh, I like the guy who's playing him. I can't think of the name of the actor, but it's Michael Shannon. Yeah, I, I, I quite like him. I think he's going to play a good Zod. Also, when I went to Oblivion, I've been trying to avoid this, like the plague, because uh, I feel as if I've seen too many movie trailers for it. But 
I caught the third trailer for Star Trek Into Darkness, which actually also actually shows you the plot. Have you seen this one, Dash? I have. Yeah, oh. very, very excited about this film. Yes, do want. Um, that, but that's all the trailers that have, that have come out. I don't know if I've got much to say about the Star Trek one other than I think Benedict Cumberbatch is an awesome choice for the bad guy. I'm, I'm really looking forward to how well he does in the movie. Uh, on top of that, there's a Thor, a Thor trailer. The first ever Thor trailer will be out this week. So keep your eyes cooled for that. And that's me. That's my do-once for this week. Well, thank you, Barry Norman. <laughs> yeah, good. I want... $10 was... I do not want... Right, so there we have it. Do not once, once all out the way. Both our usual normal show features done. I think it's been pretty good so far, hasn't it? Nice little entry for you there, Dash. It's been terrifying. <laughs> we uh, don't have any questions this time around, which is a bit of a shame, so make sure you get your questions into us. I've got a question for you. I know you you loved up on Borderlands and all the rest of it, but um, what, what, what do you think, playing together, what do you think you get most out of in a co-op game, and what's been your favourite co-op game to play? I'd be tempted to say a Halo game, but I think it might be Central 2 for me. I think I'd be tempted to go for a Halo game, because we've played quite a lot of them and they've been great, but I think definitely the most fun and the best time I think we had was on Saints Row 2. That's a pretty good show, mate. We've, um, we've, like I say, we've played loads of different things. Um, one of the ones I really enjoyed was Fear 3, Ooh. and we obviously talked about that on the, the Halloween show last year, and... That because it was so different, it had just different elements from certainly from my point of view being the ghost. That was really enjoyable for me. Yeah. Um, Plus, it was a great little horror game, and I think it's making me think that maybe for Halloween this year we could we could play uh, Dead Space Three for the same because I, I like playing a horror game in co-op. I I managed to get scared of it, and I think we had a good laugh doing that. So, what do you think, mate? Yeah, that could be one, mate. We could go for that. Does that answer your question, Mo Dash? Should we, uh, yes, I think so. I mean, what what do you think makes a good co-op game? Do you feel that you you're basically adding in an extra character into a single player game with a few, I don't know, cutscenes between the two characters, or 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 what is it that makes it great? For me, yeah, it's great playing a little story together. I don't like ones where they shoehorn an extra character in. I've never like I don't like that as much, but I think the ability to just go off course and do whatever you want. Which is why I think the Saints Row games are the best. Because, yeah, it's great when we're doing the missions together and stuff. But some of the laughs we've had just farting about in Saints Row and doing some ridiculous things together. What do you think? Yeah, the co-op element adds so much to the open world stuff. You make your own fun out of it. You're not necessarily doing what the game says you should do. There's stupid little things that, that we do that you, you can share those stupid things with each other. Because when you're playing open world games... Things happen, don't they? Crazy things happen when you're playing, um, like uh, Grand Theft Auto or stuff like that. Like a, a glitch will happen, but unless you're recording it, you can't really share that moment of fun with someone. But certainly doing it co-op, you're both there as it happens, and you can always refer back to it. And uh, like I say, some of our own little jokes come out of the experiences we've had within those games. I remember when we had a crack on Crackdown two a while back, and we had all these cars magnetized together. Oh, man, that's another Do you remember? One as well. Yeah. Do you, remember, do you remember the night we were up till like three in the morning, Jace, just doing things like trying to magnetise a car to a helicopter so that I could fly you around the map? 
that's it, yeah, magnetizing stupid things and making like um making like a big Newton's cradle by by trucks magnetized to uh, cranes and stuff like that. Just I think we had about three cars and I think we tried to get them onto a helicopter or something, <laughs> just dangling in space and the helicopter wouldn't lift them up. Yeah. Glitching two cars together with mag grenades and stuff and it going mental and losing total control of the game, but because you're both experiencing it at the same time together even though you're not together in the room, you, you, you're falling about laughing, you, and you know that both of you are having that same uh, fun experience. Yeah. So that for me, that's a, it's the it's the funny side of things. That's that's the best thing, and that's why probably Saint Row and things like that, Grand Theft Auto, Crackdown. I think that's why they're the best for me. Hmm. It's, it's not just the, the fun things though, mate. Because some of the things we've done, like um, when we played Kane and Lynch too. Yeah. Co-op. When you're going through levels, when it, it needs to have both of you there. Like you've both got a purpose, and you're working. Certainly, with the amount of time we've played together, there's always you. You know that I'm always going to drive. Yeah. You're always going to be the gunner. You're always going to be the navigator. It's always you that's in charge of what mission we go on to next. <laughs> it's always me that does sniper rifles. You have those definite um, roles within our own team. Yeah, it becomes um, easier. And using those to achieve goals together is a big thing. It's as well. definitely easier if you have someone who you pretty much most of the time play co-op with as well, because you're just to as you say, you're used to how 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 to respond to situations and stuff like that. I'm just hoping that that we can get more of this co-op stuff going into the next generation because the internet connections are getting better. Hopefully, the way they can use netcode and that to to make the multiplayer experiences work better can turn that two-player co-op thing into a regular three or four or more people. Imagine what that'd yeah. be like. Mm. Does that answer your question for now? It does. Thank you very much. <laughs> Uh, just slightly related to this question, though, the one thing that I really wish would had been co-op properly, but never was, was Bulletstorm. Imagine if that was oh, co-op the way that, that I love that all game. these other games have been. Imagine the entire campaign of Rage had been camp- uh, co-op like we'd expected it to be as well. Oh yeah, that's that, I mean, very disappointing. That, that fell on its ass for us, didn't it? Because that was why we bought it. Was the whole idea of doing this giant shooter all co-op, and then to find out that the co-op in the game is just like a cut-down section of ten different levels. Do you know yeah. what I mean? So, yeah, that could have done with that with, with a bit more co-op as well. It's a shame, mate. Well, thanks for that, Dash. It's uh, nice to have a question, even if it's from uh, in-house, and we'll think up some more and maybe throw some at you next time, eh? Yeah, do. So, we've got no reviews to talk about this week. Nobody's uh, given us any love on our tunes. <laughs> but that doesn't matter. We'll still carry on. Um, we know that people are downloading, and people gave Lots of good feedback from uh, when Stu joined us on his debut show, so hopefully we'll get lots more lovely feedback about Dash joining us as well. I doubt it very much. <laughs> no, don't be silly, mate. People <laughs> love you. You know they will, just like we do. So that's it. We're going to get out of here. Um, thanks again to Dash for joining us, and welcome again to the team. We're gl- really glad to have you on board. Oh, thanks very much. I've enjoyed it very much. What can I say? Excellent, mate, and we'll be hearing from you shortly. Well, you can always find us on the Twitter at console underscore ninjas and the email console ninjas podcast at gmail.com. That's it then. Um, we shall go and fade off into the background yeah. as only ninjas can. Yeah, and we'll catch music. you next time. Bye. Bye. Bye.